glad that we are in the house of the Lord. Amen? Man, it's a blessing. You could have been sitting somewhere in ICU. Come on. You could have been in the rehab center this morning trying to get yourself together. But thank God that you're in your right mind today. You're in the house of the Lord. Come on. And that he woke you up this morning and gave you health and strength. And those are the things that seem so common, but we ought to be so thankful. We ought to be so thankful that God woke us up and kept us. Because there are people who laid down last night that didn't wake up this morning. Come on. And we, and we did. Amen. And there's work for us to do in the kingdom of the Lord. And we're so thankful for everything that God has done and will continue to do. And we're excited about just our future in the kingdom. Amen? It's an amazing thing. So you ought to get happy, get excited. Every day is a, another opportunity to do his work and his will. Amen? And to obey the voice of the Lord. Let's give Pastor Rick a great big hand clap. Thank God for leading us. I was going to let him go ahead and just take it over, just finish. Just go ahead. You know, I don't know why, even, why am I here. I don't even know. You know, he could have just go ahead and finished it. But uh, uh, we thank God that, you know, we, we all flow together in, in the spirit of the Lord. Amen. And, and, and he said something else. When two or three are gathered in his name, he promised to be in our midst. Man, that's good stuff. He promised to be in our midst. And so, you know. I told you, growing up, I used to preach to the pews, so I can have church by myself, you know, just, I can do it all by myself and just, Lord, you and me, just going to meet in the Holy Ghost, but I'm so glad that you're, that you're here today and just so glad that you're in the presence and you press today and uh, you didn't let outside circumstances stop you from getting here today, <laughs> right? You, 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 look at that, you didn't miss worship, God held it just for you, he held it just for you. Outside circumstances didn't stop you today, and we're so thankful, and I'm so glad that you're here today. And listen, I'm telling you, there's some great things, and you hear me say this sporadically, but I'm telling you, I've seen the future. And it looks really good for RCC. It looks really, really good. Look at somebody say, it looks good for RCC. Come on. And if it looks good for RCC, it looks good for you. Come on. Come on. You ought to get it. If it looks good for RCC, it looks good for you. It looks good for you. And I was telling uh, Reverend Tomar in the back, I said, listen, if I, if I uprooted my whole family, moved here, God must be up to something really great, something really spectacular. And all of us sitting here, God disrupted our lives to put us together. That means he's up to something great. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do the kingdom assignment that he's called us to do, and uh, we're going to win a city for the kingdom of God. Amen? And so we're so thankful for that. Uh, I want to jump right into this. I, I don't want to hold you too long. After this, we, I do have to drive to New York today to, to minister at another church. So uh, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to give you a power punch, all right? A power punch. Hit you real good. All right? In the gut. It's a power puncher. All right? But this is, this is, this is really... Uh, last week we started something. Uh, we talked about the God who provides the God who provides, uh, and, you know, the subtitle there that, that I have, what did God prepare for man? Such a big question. What did God prepare for man, right? What did he, what did he prepare for man? So I, I want to 
kind of bring a close to this today. Father, we thank you that this word is already blessed and increased. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you some scriptures to write down in a moment. Uh, but we had used our, our text scripture, Philippians 4, verse 19, where he says, and my God will fully satisfy. Man, that's loaded. Fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You got to believe that scripture with every fiber in your body. That God will fully satisfy every need. That means nothing will be left undone. He said, I will fully, I mean, who wouldn't want to serve a God that says, I'm going to fully satisfy every need? I mean, that, that's why I don't, I, I think people that are not saved, obviously they don't have clarity of what salvation is. Because they think that church is about, oh, go to church, it's boring, it's sleepy. It, it, it enlines you and puts you in tune with the God of the universe. And your purpose and why God has you here and what he has called you to do. So we had talked about Philippians 4.19 and my God will fully satisfy. Fully satisfy. I want you to look at every need you have this week and say God's going to satisfy that need. I want you to look at every need you have. Come on. And I want you to say that God's going to satisfy that need. I don't care how big the need is. I don't care how small the need is. I don't care how insurmountable the need seems to be. He said in the Philippians 4.19, and God will fully satisfy. Not partially, not a little bit. I'm trying to be calm because this scripture gets me happy. He says, but he will, he will fully satisfy. All right, I'm going to be nice, all right? And so we, we, we looked at last week the book of Genesis. Uh, can you pass my Bible out of my bag, honey? The book of Genesis uh, chapter 3, because I have a little, thank you. You know, even though I have my digital stuff, I always bring my, my you know, just can't get away from my Bible. I know all the new age people like all digital stuff. But there's some things, you just put your hand on it. You just got to put your hand on the book. All right. Uh, so, so last week we looked at uh, Genesis chapter 3, and you can write this down because I wrote some notes on here I want to just briefly discuss. Um, chapter 3 and verse number 7, you can read it when you get home. We looked at the beginning, right, uh, of man uh, when God had gave man, and, and according to Genesis 1, through 28, told him that I'm going to bless you to multiply, increase. This is your assignment in the earth. And then man, through disobedience, the Bible talk, tells us that they started providing their own needs or trying to provide for themselves, where it was not the will of God for them to provide for themselves. The will of God is Philippians 4.19, and he will supply. <laughs> right? He was, I mean, that takes the pressure off of a lot of stuff. He will supply all of your needs according to, now, I, I want to put a disclosure. That doesn't mean that you sit at home and watch TV all day, right? I mean, just, I know this group knows that, but I just, for, the, for those who listen by podcasts, and say, well, he, I can just sit home. He's supplying all my, that's not what I'm saying, right? What I'm saying is that, uh, that work and your paycheck is not your provision, right? It is seed. It is seed to bless somebody else. It is seed to put into the kingdom. It is seed. But your income level does not dictate the way you live. Man, that was... It does not dictate the way you live. I remember hearing Kenneth Copeland say something that really blessed me years ago. He said that if God called him to be a janitor in another city, 
he would get on a jet, his jet, and be a janitor. Because what he has, come on, his assignment is nothing to do with his lifestyle. Because God supplies all of your needs. So if, if God called you to be a janitor because there's somebody special in that place that you're going to clean and come in contact with, you can clean for the next five years and go home to your six-bedroom house, five-come on, come on, four-bathroom, three-car garage, because what? That check has nothing to do with your supplying the needs. Come on, y'all missing this. Y'all missing this here today. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, have you ever met, I, I remember I met someone who, was, who had see, appeared to have a mediocre job, but they were a multimillionaire uh, because they had inherited money, but they enjoyed what they did. Come on. So God wants you to work because you enjoy what you do, not because you're working for a check. I know this is way, some of y'all just can't, you can't, I can't digest that, Pastor. I can't digest that. I, I can't, that's, I mean, wouldn't it be great to get up and go and do what you enjoy doing every day? Instead of you, <laughs> I got an amen there, right? Instead, instead of being fearful that oh, I mean, I, I'm only doing this because I got bills to pay. Come on, you know the enemy would put that in your heart and your mind. I got to stay here because I got my mortgage, I got this bill, I got that bill. And you are tormented every day. That's not kingdom living. That's not kingdom living. He wants you to enjoy what you're doing, being a believer of God, and your work should be your assignments, not your provision. My God shall fully satisfy my needs. Come on. Not, not, not my check. Come on. You, you know your check can't supply your needs. Come on. We all know that already. We need more than that to supply. To supply. I, I, that can't supply. My God shall supply all my needs. So when we looked at Exodus chapter 16, write this down. I think I have this here. We looked at the law of the gathering where God had given them uh, an assignment. So, so before... When we went to disobedience, why don't you follow me real close? They were disobedient. They disobeyed God. He told them not to eat of the fruit. They ate of the fruit, right? Birthed in disobedience, and now they were providing for themselves, right? He got apron, wrapped himself in an apron, and God's like, what are you doing? You know, call for Adam and Eve. Where are you? Where are you? Why? Because they were out of the will of God, out of the presence of God, right? And now they started providing for themselves. He said, now you're going to have to till the soil, and you're going to have to, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to get provision. Now you're going to have to work for it. So ever since then, God had already made provision for redemption. Provision, yeah, that's a good thing, for redemption. He made provision for redemption. Now, prior to that, and this, this is going to get really, really good, I'm telling you. Um, God had what was called, why don't you write this word down, a, a theocracy, right? And I love it. If you've ever heard of Josephus, the historian, um, a really great, if you've never heard of Josephus, look him up. He's uh, a, a Hebrew uh, historian who gives, speaks and writes on the Bible, Alex, from a historical perspective, right? Phenomenal. So he gives us a different perspective. And he coined this term theocracy, which is used today. So the word theocracy originates from a Greek word meaning the rule of God. Perspective of a theocratic government is that God himself is recognized as the head of the state. That God himself is recognized as the head of the state. So when we're talking about a theocracy, not a democracy, right, where the people decide, right? Uh, uh, the, we're talking about having a theocracy where God says, I am your provider, 
I am the one that keeps you healed. I am the one that provides for you, right? Man wanted to kind of provide for himself. So look at this in the book of Exodus. This gets good. Chapter 16, this is God bringing them out of Egypt, right? They had murmured. They didn't complain. They were in Egypt. They were messed up. Exodus chapter 16, verse 2 through 3, we're almost there. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. Right? When someone else was making their provision, but yet they were in slavery. I mean, doesn't that sound like the world today? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you got to do something you don't like, do something you don't want to do. That's the only way we're going to provide for you. Right? Slavery. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly. Now here it is. God brought them. I mean, they were slaves being beat. Slaves to Pharaoh. God brings them out of Egypt into the wilderness. But they were angry because they were used to being hand-fed instead of depending on God. Have you ever seen someone who was in an abusive relationship and no matter how much you told them it was an abusive relationship, they could not see anything better for themselves? We have a lot of people that are like that today in an abusive situation, but people can get comfortable in an abusive thing. I mean, the enemy can let you get comfortable in an abusive thing. And here it is. These are the people of Israel. They became comfortable in an abusive thing. He said in verse number 16, Jehovah had said for everyone to gather as much as is needed for the household, about two quarts for each person, so that the people of Israel went out and gathered it, some getting more, some getting less before it melted on the ground. And there was just enough for everyone. So those who tried to be greedy... <laughs> And those who just got one or two things, I told you last week, I said whatever they gathered, it increased to the level of their capacity or decreased to the level of their capacity. So if one person got out there and they got one piece of manna, that one piece of manna, it was like the fish and the bread. As long as they kept serving it, there was always more. And then there were those who were too greedy and they tried to get five to six just in case. They got full after eating two. Right? Because what? God allowed them to get full according to the level of their capacity to receive. And so today, that's why you got to spend time in prayer during the weekday. You got to spend, you can't just pray or be in your word when you come to church because you limit your capacity. If you are praying throughout the week and you are in the presence of God throughout the week, by the time you get here, you say, all right, I, I got more room. I'm ready to eat some more. Right, right. Because you increase your capacity. And I want everyone to have increased capacity. Verse 18. And there was just enough for everyone. Those who gathered more had nothing left over. And those who gathered little had no lack. Each home had just enough. I mean, this is the God who was providing in the wilderness. In the wilderness. He says you always will have just enough. And he says, really, then if you get really into God, you have the more than enough. He'll give you even the overflow. Somebody say the overflow. Now look at somebody and say, God has given you more than enough. Now look at this in Deuteronomy. We're talking about the theocracy of God. 
right? Brings, you got to see this timeline, brings them out of Egypt where they're under the rule of Pharaoh. Pharaoh has them in slavery, but he's providing for them. God says, I'm going to provide for you without enslaving you. Brings them out of the wilderness. They're there in the wilderness. The wilderness, watch this. The unique thing about the wilderness is that the enemy had no system in the wilderness. Gosh. Man, I wish I had the right bunch here. I thought we could do something today. There, there, there was no system in the wilderness. So, so sometimes God has to put you in a wilderness situation to get you away from the, the metrics that you are accustomed to. Sometimes he got to put you in a situation where you can't lean on nobody but him. The resources has run out. Your friend's not talking to you. The job ain't doing right. And now, oh, God said, oh, now, now we can talk. I mean, has God ever got you in that situation where he said, oh, now we can talk. Now, now, now that all your stuff done ran out and you can't talk, now we can talk. God, my family, my family, all your families are in disarray. Now we can talk. He knows how to get you to the point where he can have a conversation with you. Jonah tried to run from God, but God put him in a situation where he got his attention. Uh, okay, uh, so let's, let's look at this. Two more scriptures. We're almost there. Deuteronomy 28. I love this. If you've never read the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, this week I want you to read Deuteronomy 28. A phenomenal chapter. I love one of my favorite chapters in the whole entire Bible. Because here it is, watch this. This is still the people of Israel speaking, right? And the, they were in bondage. God brought them out of bondage. They're now, watch, they're on a new government. They're transitioned from being under the rule of Pharaoh. Now God says, this is a theocracy. I am your God. I am the head of states. Man. I'm your healthcare system. Okay, if you obey all these commandments of the Lord your God, the laws that I am declaring to you today, God will transform you into the greatest nation in the world. These are the blessings that will come upon you. Your blessing in the city, blessing in the field, many children, ample crops, large flocks and herds, blessing of fruit and bread, blessing when you come in, blessing when you go out, and all the nations in the world shall see that you belong to the Lord. God wants you so blessed that the world looks at you and they get jealous that you're so blessed. And you didn't have to do half the things they did to get what God gave you. I won't, ask, I won't tell you to look at your neighbor and ask him, do I look blessed? I won't, I won't tell you to do that. But you should look blessed. The blessing should be upon you and so strong. And they will stand in what? In awe. He told Israel, Israel, I'm going to bless you so much that the world is going to look at you in awe because I made you the greatest nation. Now watch this. Uh, he says, the, the world does all these kind of things. He says, but when I release my blessing on your life, the blessing is what distinguishes you from everybody else. Write that down. The blessing is what distinguishes me from everybody else. So if you just don't want to be average, you got to start declaring every day, I receive the blessing of the Lord upon my life. I receive the blessing of the Lord upon my life. Now, the blessing of the Lord will come in. It will invade your life. It will distinguish you, right? And it will also get rid of stuff in you that don't belong there. <laughs> right? Because he says, in order for activate this blessing, that there have to be some things that have to line up in your life so that the blessing can work. 
Come on. So you can't live any kind of way and receive the fullness of the blessing. There has to be an alignment with the Word of God in order to activate the blessing. But he makes it available to you as a believer. You don't have to live average. You can live above average. Come on. You can live super and abundantly blessed. But you have to believe this in your heart and in your mind. Now watch this, and almost there. I love this because the people of Israel, God is, God is blessing them. He's increasing them. Great things is happening. He says, listen, under, the, under God's government, the blessing is released. It distinguishes them. He says, when you walk into, when you're under my leadership, I'm going to establish you. I'm going to differentiate you from everybody else till the world is going to be at awe. Now, they had no territory at this time. They were a nation, a people, a people. They didn't have like, oh, we are a nation of Israel. No, no, that wasn't until the 40s. No, no, they, they didn't have any territory. But yet, he says, because you are my people, when, when the world sees you as my people, they're going to see that there's something different about you. Come on, come on. So, so, so watch this. Christians, we don't need a state. We don't have to have a territory. When, pe- when we say that we're saved, that we're Christian, we're saved, saved, and, 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 and we're Christians, they, there ought to be something different about us. Come on. There ought to be something different about the way you talk, the way you sound. They, 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 they can't look at us and see the characteristics of the world in us. There ought to be something different that makes them awe at how God takes care of his children. You ever seen a child that wasn't taken care of? It's a sad thing. Here it is, the people of Israel begin to see, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, write that down. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today, all right? I want you to see this. I want you to say I made this up, all right? (laughs) I love this because here it is, they begin to look at other people. And this is where we get in trouble. And this is what they said. Give us a king like all the other nations have. I mean, can you believe that? Brother Ben, can you, I mean, I, I want to reach through the Bible and slap them. Look at this. They pleaded. They didn't just ask. Fred, they pleaded. Give us, give us a king like the other nations. Verse 6, Samuel was ter- terribly upset and went to the Lord for advice. Yeah, that's a good reason to go pray. Do as they say, the Lord replied. For I am the one that they are rejecting, not you. Now, could you imagine God saying, I'm your king. I am your everything. And they wanted to be like everybody else. Man, the church is in the same state. (laughs) God's trying to make us different, and we want to look like everybody else. Come on, y'all quiet. Uh, God's trying to differentiate you. We, we want to we wanna sound like everybody else. We want our lifestyle to be like everybody else. It can't because God says, I am your God. But guess what? He says, if you want to go, I'm not going to make you. You're not a robot. God's laws and God's principles are there for a reason. Because it is how he has designed us to operate. And here it is, they tell Samuel, listen, we want to be like everybody else. He said, they didn't reject you, Samuel. They rejected me, verse number eight. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually forsaken. I mean, in other words, God said, they've been complaining since day one. I mean, that's the that new version. They, they never stopped complaining. 
Every time I told them to do red, they wanted blue. I tell them green, they want yellow. I say stop, they say go. I say up, they say down. I mean, that, that flesh just doesn't want to listen. I mean, have you ever got mad at your flesh that just, you like, just get it under control? That's why you got to fast to get that flesh under control. Look, everybody got quiet about fasting. Oh, no, fasting. No, we're not going to fast. You too, you, do, you too weak to sin when you fast. <laughs> we got to get you fasting more. Right? Look at, the, look at this next verse. He says, do as they ask, but warn them about what it will be like having a king. Man. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king, they said. Now, here they are leaving, Pastor Rick, they're leaving the theocracy of God, switching into another government. For we want to be like the nations around us. Oh, man. He will govern us and lead us in the battle. Now, how stupid is that? You, you, you want them to govern you and lead you in the battle where your king told you you don't even have to fight the battle. He told you the battle's not yours. It belongs. I mean, I mean who, who wouldn't want to serve a God that says, uh, let me fight the battle for you? And here you want to be led into battle. And God's trying to keep you out of battles. <laughs> But that's how we do. God said, let me provide, but you want to provide for yourself. Because you think you can do better. You think you can provide better. Right? But my God shall supply all of my needs. Verse 21 to 22, so Samuel told the, told the Lord what the people had said. Samuel was a tattletale. And the Lord replied again, then do as they say and give them a king. I love it because one version says that and it goes on, you can read this when you get home, it talks about all the things, uh, you know, they're going to be taxed, they're going to be this, they're going to be that. Where before that, they were not being taxed. Because now this new king has to now create a subsystem. Gosh. You got to get this. This new king has to create a subsystem in order to provide for his subjects. So now they have to pay taxes. They have to do all these things. He has to take this. He said, he's going to take your sons and daughters in order to build armies, in order to protect you. Where if I was your God, you didn't have to do none of that. I automatically, gosh, we're on the wrong system. And what I'm trying to tell you is that, and I'm going to show you in a minute, when Jesus came, Jesus did not come just to save you. He came to get you back into theocracy. He came to put God back in charge of your life. He came to put God back into that place. But we keep saying, God, I want to do my own thing. I want to be like everybody else. I want to redefine marriage. I want to redefine relationships. I want to redefine how I live. You can't do that. you got to do it as God has called us to do it. He said this. Why do you want to move over? And why do you want to be like the world when I've called you to be different? I've called you to be different. I've called you to be my people. Wow. I mean, that's like you having kids and they can have a roof over their head. Give me five minutes, I'm almost done. A roof over their head, food on the table, and they prefer to sleep on a bench and eat out of garbage cans. Wouldn't that break your heart if that's the case? I, would, my heart, I got three wonderful boys. My heart would be broken if I have to go out there in the street and see them when they have a place to live. 
But how many times has the enemy messed with people's minds when he has done that? What am I trying to get you to see here today as we close is that we don't want to be like the people of Israel. We want to make sure that we are living on God's system. They wanted to be like everybody else. And what I'm telling you is that God's system is better. It is better. If you do it his way, it is better. It is so much better. He blesses you without enslaving you. Come on. He blesses you without enslaving you. Look what he said in John 5 and 19. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, the son is able to do nothing of himself of his own accord. Jesus is saying, listen, I am under the rulership of God, but he is able to do only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does is what the son does in the same way in his turn. He says, whatever I see the king do, that's what I do. Whatever I hear the king say, that's what I say. Wherever I see the king move, that's what I move. And today, I want to challenge you to make this a week where you imitate God. I want to challenge you this week as we close to make this a week where, where, where you say, I'm not going to do what the world does. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Because what? He wants to distinguish you. You don't have to distinguish yourself. He says, I'll, I'll distinguish you. I mean, that's great. I mean, I, 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 I don't have to try to make myself great. He told Abraham, I'll make your name great. I mean, come on. He says, I, I, I'll make your name great. I'll give you a great heritage. Uh, you, 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 want, you want promotion in your industry? God says, if you serve me, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll make sure it happens. I'm the one that's going to do it. Last scripture, Luke 5 and 4, we read this last week. When the disciples were on the water, he said, I've been toiling all day. But what did he say? Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep and let your nets cast for a catch. Verse 5, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. We have caught nothing. He says, watch this, because you are fishing under the other government. <laughs> you, you, you're fishing under, man, a government that does not have control or rulership over the seas. So yeah, you, you, you've been working all night. That's what, yeah, yeah, you, you, you feel me on that? You, you've been working all night. Yeah, but you, you're under a broken government. He says, he says, watch this. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their, nets were and their net was breaking so that they signaled over to the partners in the other boat to, become, uh, to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats, the boats, the boats, the boats. Uh, come on, come on, the boats. I'm, more than one boat. Uh, here it is, watch this. Now, now watch this. I'm done, you can close your Bibles. They were not disciples at this point. They were just regular fishermen who had come in contact with a man named Jesus. Come on. They, 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 they were just regular fishermen that had just come in contact with a man named Jesus. So that quick, watch this, that, Rob, you trying to end my message? That, that quick, 
that I'm teasing. That quick, uh, uh, he became. How do you think Simon's colleagues or partners saw him after this experience? God that quick built Simon's name in his industry. Come on, y'all getting this? Y'all making me work today. He, he built him a name in the industry by kingdom provision. His partners saw him. Watch this. One commentary said they had six months worth of income in that one catch. Gosh. Whereas under the old government, they toiled all day and night and still caught nothing. But Jesus speaks one word and they get six months and they get industry recognition at the same time. Gosh. I'm trying to tell you, Stand to your feet. Y'all ready to go? Stand up. Uh, 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 this system is broken. And God planted a church like Ruach City Church in the city of Philadelphia to not challenge the system, but implement a kingdom system, gosh, that will solve the issues under a broken government. I know that's a lot for some of y'all to eat. Too bad. You lucky. Good thing I didn't say what I really wanted to say. This is my reserved message. This is a, believe it or not, I'm reserved. When the world sees us, when they see us with our t-shirts on, cleaning the streets, when they see us with our t-shirts on, feeding the hungry. No, no, we're not getting government funding. Not from your government. another place and what I'm saying is if we're gonna make this work it gotta we gotta live and think from another place come on we, we, we got to get rid of that Simon mentality that God I told all night I've been told I've been doing this for years listen I told you when I first got here I said man I, I, I know how to do a church I know I've done this before I've done it. I've been a part of a church that's thousands of members uh, intricate part of how we built it in New York very intricate part I said I got the formula up here I can come do this pool God was like see you think you know three years later I realized I don't know what he wants to do according to how I, he says well, what I want to do here he says I'm going to set a new model that's never been done before. Come on. I want to do something different. I know you're trying to bring your old mindset into new wineskin. He says, but, but I'm breaking that old pattern and I'm trying to create something new and something fresh that cannot grow a church but that can change a city. It's different. It's different. It's different. And I just need a couple of radical people who can say, I'm with you, Pastor. We're just not trying to grow a church. We want to change a city. You can run, Brother Barry. That's all right. You should get that happy. You should get that happy. That's all right. Let him run. Let him get that happy. Woo! Linda, I know I'm a little excited today, but I'm just, I, I, I feel this word down in my stomach. I feel it. I feel God wanted to transition us. I feel God wanted to do something great. I feel God wants to do something spectacular.
spectacular in our lives. I always tell you when I go to a sports game, I'm still transitioning to be Philly fans. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Right now, I'm still a Giants fan. I'm working on it. Sorry, Eagles. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm still a Met fan, which is even worse. I know. It's even worse. Because they stink. It's even worse. But I used to go to the games all the time. When I was in New York, lived in New York. And I never went to a game where everybody went, you know, they got a base hit. I never went to a game when there was a touchdown, Alex, and everybody, oh, good job. I never went to a basketball game where, where, where your team scored and everybody just said, oh, high five quietly, high five, high five. No, 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 no. But, I mean, people would go crazy when their team scored. But we come to church, we got to be quiet and reserved, and Jesus did the ultimate scoring for our life. And we get scared to shout and make noise and let him know how great he is. He's, not, he's better than a football player. He's better than a basketball player. He's Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have a reason to get excited. I mean, you go to a college football game, it can be freezing. They got their shirts off. They got their big old bellies painted with paint. I mean, these people are crazy for their team. You got to be crazier for Jesus. You got to be more excited for Jesus. You got to be more radical for Jesus. You got to be more bold for Jesus. You got to be louder for Jesus. So sure I can stand up here and lecture you all quietly and be all sophisticated because I do work in the finance department. I know how to do that. But man, I, I want to get excited about Jesus. Don't let it be soccer in another country. Forget about it. They take it up five notches. I mean, they're ready to kill you if their team loses. But the people of God were always intimidated and scared and don't want to seem too loud, don't want to seem like we're too aggressive. It's time out for that. We are from another place, living under another provision, under another government. And my God shall sufficiently supply all of my needs. Not according to my bank account, but according to his riches. Man, you got to get that. According to his riches. Look at your stuff and say, I know I don't have enough, but whew, thank God Jesus does. <laughs> I know I don't have it. I know it. But thank God Jesus does. He paid the price. It's paid already. I know it. But Jesus got it. Thank you, Jesus. I want you just to lift your hands up and just, just ask God right where you are. God, increase my faith. I submit to you today. I, I, I switch systems. I'm sorry for trying to be my own provider. I'm sorry for trying to be my own provider. I'm, I'm sorry for trying to provide myself. But today, I surrender my will to you. 
I thank you that I don't want to, I'm not like the people of Israel where they wanted to switch and be like everybody else. But God, I'm committed to staying under your rulership. I'm committed to staying under your guidance. I'm committed to staying under your leadership. Now watch this. I'm going to say this if we're going to receive a seed and we're going to go. Just like Pharaoh didn't let them go quickly or easily. Don't be intimidated when you start making moves in the right direction and the enemy starts trying to tear stuff up. Come on. That's what he does. He's a bully. That's what he does. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The sign that he's starting to kick up dust means that you are on to something. Because if you wasn't trying to move in the right direction and make changes for the better, he'd leave you alone. He wouldn't even bother you. But the minute you say, I'm going to make some changes, I'm going to do this thing right, I'm going to honor God in this, I'm going to honor God my finances, I'm going to honor God with my body, I'm going to honor God, he starts acting up. So this week, I'm telling you, you made this commitment today, he's going to try to show his ugly head. But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Watch this. He didn't say it wouldn't be formed, Brother Ben. The enemy going to try to put together that little machine going to knock you out. He's putting it together. But when he goes to shoot it, it won't work. You're going to see him standing there. <laughs> Don't get intimidated when you see him standing there. Because when he pulled the trigger, it's not going to work. Come on, you got to get this. He, he, yeah, he, he going to have it pointed at you. To try to get you to bow and go backwards and go back to the old way you used to do things. But let him know. Go ahead and pull it. It's not going to work. Because no weapon formed against me, my family, my children. It shall not prosper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Come on, that's it. Take a couple of seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, he's strengthening your inner man right now. He's strengthening your inner man. He's strengthening your inner man right now. He's strengthening your inner man right now. He's strengthening you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, he's strengthening your inner man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we praise you for your word today. We thank you that your word is true, it's everlasting. And that your word has already gone before us and made every crooked road straight. And that your word is in full effect. It's in full throttle. And we praise you for it. That this is a week of blessings. Increase.
overflow come on come on you're going to distinguish us in everything we do as we honor you you will distinguish us as we honor you you will distinguish us and we praise you for it in jesus name clap those hands and give god praise Grab your seat for a minute. We're going to let you go. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to let